0: We are in a library in one of those little tiny study rooms in a library in Ann Arbor, Michigan, which is about 45 miles west of Detroit, Michigan. And I am here with Joe Bauer, and um, I'm looking at quite a piece of uh, hardware and wires and electronics It's going to help further explain um, Joe's hobby here on Beyond My Day Job. But um, I would love first, Joe, just to kind of uh, introduce yourself and just give a feel for uh, what you do during the day, you know, before you yeah. get into the fun stuff.
1: Sure. Yeah, so uh, i Joe Bauer, and, uh, you know, since this is beyond the day job, I'd say my day job is essentially being a higher ed enthusiast. So I work uh, full time at University of Michigan doing kind of research consulting kind of stuff, uh, mostly in the humanities areas, though. So A lot of digital humanities kinds of things going on. Then I also teach part-time over at the um, Eastern's College of Technology, but mostly like technology studies
0: okay. kind of stuff um, yeah. Your background are you what's your what's your college training background? So I've got a PhD
1: in technology studies okay. a master's degree in tech management All right bachelor's degree in communications technology. That's all. Of them. That's all. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. so, like I said, I take that enthusiast part of higher ed yeah. you know, pretty seriously. Yeah, living
0: it. All right.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay. never stop learning, and I think <laughs> that kind of ties into some of the, you know, what you see in front of you here, which is this box with a bunch of uh, panels and knobs and buttons and blinky lights and wires going everywhere, spaghetti monster yeah. kind of... it you
0: know, is literally yeah. the spaghetti string of wires, yeah. but it creates some really amazing um, audio. Thanks. Um, okay, so you had a meetup that I got to see here tonight, yeah. and it was different performances, but maybe just give some context as to what the organization is that... Um, brought the meetup together. Yeah,
1: so that was with the uh, North Coast Modular Collective, and um, it's a, basically a collective of um, about half a dozen or more um, artists and makers and musicians and um, people who just really are into this kind of thing. Um, and it's not like a, a super formal organization. We don't have like you know a. Headquarters somewhere or anything. It's just you know us all doing this on the edges of our time together and having fun (laughs) and doing that kind of thing. It's a good way to. And (laughs) we're into you know the music. We're also into making the uh, the instruments for all of this, Um, and we're also into building community. And so part of I think you saw kind of all three of those Mm -hmm. today. Mm -hmm. You know the demonstrations of the instruments, playing the music, and building you know and bringing together the community and and
0: kind of sharing a lot too. So let me, here's from a newbie. Mm A guy walked into a library, Joe says, come to the library, there's a meetup and we're doing this thing. So here's what I walk into. I walk into the back meeting room. It's got probably about 30 people in there and there's a, it's a large, long meeting room and I see a screen with psychographic, uh, you know, video going. That's kind of just backdrop visual and there are guys each standing behind their. I'd argue, homemade but you know craft set of, of what we'll get into and they are putting out uh using synthesizer based um and i'm going to misrepresent it which you'll correct me but you know since you know uh techno sound you know to those that are in the clubbing scene mm-hmm. <laughs> um and they're just going through a a set you know mm-hmm. as if uh you know a dj were going through a set and it Probably each of you, four or five of you that played, uh, last about 15 minutes, it seems, somewhere between maybe yeah, about 15, 15, 20, 20 minutes. 20 yeah. minutes. Mm-hmm. And it was just all digital, you know, bass music, mm-hmm. and very, you guys have your own different style. So that's, you know, from my view, what I saw tonight watching, mm-hmm. and you did something, I know with Nick, your partner, um, a, a, a tandem, so two of you, yeah. you know, in terms of a duet from this, which is, is rare from what you told me earlier. Yeah, it's not too common, um,
1: and I think it's because either the the style of music usually lends itself to just lone people doing it, um, and you know it's it's kind of uh, a niche thing, so okay. <laughs> it's hard to find other people who are doing this kind of you know in your geographical area. So there's that. Um, going on, but also just technically speaking, synchronizing everything and getting everything in tune across two different sets of um, you know
0: equipment and okay. gear is challenging uh, in itself. So I want to come back to that when yeah, we yeah. talk about the technology. So sure. back us up, like, mm-hmm. what even got you into this type of organization that that's putting together these types of you know creative you know audio mu- music? Um, yeah. that, like, what what got you here, mm-hmm. Joe? So I've been doing
1: electronic music for. Jeez, forever, and I think I got into it really through, like, just curiosity and liking to kind of experiment with things. First off with, you know, my very first Macintosh computer way back, way back when, and, you know, just being able to... post Apple 2, or... <laughs> uh, no, I think it, yeah, I think it was, because it had audio. I'm trying All to right, remember yeah, way back. Again. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. But, you know, basic sampling and then playing around with the waveforms, you know, hand-drawing waveforms, oh. seeing what happens, that kind of stuff. And, okay. You know, you're young, you're recording burps and that kind of stuff, playing them backwards, you know, stupid things like that. But you know, learning basics of of audio and synthesis even back then, you know, as you know, sophomoric as it was. Right. Um, and then going into like, you know, tape music, like taking real-to-reel machines, kind of hacking those, making loops, and you know, just taking things and using them in unintended ways. And there's also a, a bit of what's called um uh Circuit bending. Um, circuit bending? Yeah, so you take either low-cost uh, toys or um, audio equipment, and you open it up, and you just start taking and connecting things that are not supposed to be connected.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Ah. Or, or putting, like, resistors in and things like that so that it purposefully glitches out Got and it. gets really goofy and crazy. and So, so, yeah.
0: so where would we, like get us to relate to something that we may have heard in popular mm-hmm. media or a movie, oh. like the type of sound yeah. like, that that would represent. Where might have I or someone heard something like that glitchy, so unnatural? So the most
1: common thing you would have heard the Circuit Bent is a speak-and-spell from the 80s. Okay. And that's in a lot of pop
0: music, when you probably don't even realize <laughs> is it. it. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Alright. Yeah. Any movies come to mind that um, kind of harken, or any soundtracks uh, or anything that you relate not off the top of, of my head, because most of the times I don't really know
1: what's going on in those, like how they're performing. Got those it, and okay. Making them, yeah.
0: Okay, all right. Yeah. Um, and you said there's about a half dozen, and I, I, on, on, mm-hmm. and on the, the North Coast Modular Collective website, I noticed you've, it, it tended to represent a mix of you know, musicians, mm-hmm. and you know as you said, with your background, um, technology. mm mm-hmm. um, there's this reference to open source. Mm-hmm. Can you elaborate on that a little bit?
1: Yeah, I think um, really one of the things, because what we're looking at right now is this thing is called a Eurorack modular.
0: Eurorack? Eurorack. modular. okay. Yeah,
1: and there are, there's been modular synthesizers, and when I say modular, what I mean is like, you know, there's each of these components here, because we're looking at a box that has a lot of little tiny boxes on it. Yes. And each of those is a module. And they do one function, essentially. One um,
0: module, one core function.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the well, rules roughly. are broken all over the place, but that's <laughs> roughly what it is. Okay. Yeah. So, like, one makes a sound, another changes the sound. One tells the sound to turn on and off. Uh-huh. Another tells it to how what pitch to make it, okay. and that kind of stuff. Okay. And modular synthesizers have been around for, I mean, that was really the first types of mod- uh, synthesizers, where really the old, like the RCA, I don't remember what it's called, but it's over in Columbia. There's one of those, um, and it's, it's basically, it looks like like one of those old ENIAC computers or something. Oh, yeah. It takes e- up a yeah. whole, whole room, it looks like it. You know, if, if nobody yep. told you otherwise, you'd probably think it's a computer. Right, <laughs> a, okay. One an ancient computer, you know. <laughs> um, and that was kind of the first sets of modular synthesizers came out of that. And then there were some other, um, like, um, I think, I can't remember if MOGA made any uh, modular synthesizers, but there were others, but they were much bigger than this Um, just because I think the technology was such that, you know, if you wanted to put vacuum tubes behind there, well, you know, you got to have space. Got it. So whereas this is, it's called units, so there's 3U. So if you're into, like, IT then that's ex- it's literally the same measurement as a 19-inch rack that you stack servers on got it and so got you it. know there's 3U which is roughly like 5 and a quarter inches i think okay. something like that tall um, and that's how tall these are the, oh. i think the
0: first the earlier synthesizers were more like 5U. So they were kind so, of bigger. So I think 80s synthesizer music, right? This is even before, then. Right, yeah, before yeah. that. Right, before that. Okay, so I'm thinking Howard Jones, Flock of Seagulls, <laughs> right? All that <laughs> yeah. stuff, but okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and so there was kind of in the history of synthesizers, you know, writ large, there was that kind of patch-it-yourself kind of modular thing that went on for a long time, and then somewhere in the... Late 70s, early 80s, it went more towards, like, all-in-one synthesizers, where everything was patched for you, and you just pressed a preset button, Mm. and then, like, here's my piano sound, and here's my, you know, tambourine, and here's, (laughs) you know, this and that and everything. And so there was kind of this, what a lot of people call, like, the drought of the 90s, where it was just, like... (laughs) all of these synthesizers with no interaction at all. it's just keys and, like, a couple buttons. Okay, <laughs> and, all right. And then suddenly in the, around the 2000s, we got back into kind of saying, hey, you know, we're all tired of sitting at a computer and, huh, all this equipment that's now in you know, our cell phones, we right. can use that since it's miniaturized to make this stuff now. and Smaller, you yeah. know. And, and, wow, computing powers, you know, we got embedded microchips right. and stuff. Right. So we can do more than just the analog stuff too. Yeah,
0: huh. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Moore's law pays off. It does, yeah, <laughs> To yeah, the yeah. artists. Um yeah. I had mentioned um, Nick, you played with so, mm-hmm. the duet, so your partner in crime on the on the show tonight. Um tell us because this 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 um Euro Euro say it again, Euro Rack. Euro rack. Uh-huh. There he had his own Euro rack. Uh-huh. And um there was a question after you guys were done, someone said, you know, how are you connected? And you held up a couple of core chords that were, you know, yeah. using the main umbilical <laughs> chord. What, what was the dependency that you and Nick had between your uro racks?
1: Yeah, so in general, what I was doing was a lot of, like, the percussion rhythm kind of stuff. And then he was doing a lot of more of the, the melody voices. Um, and in order to keep them synchronized together so that, like, his weren't going off on some other, you know, off rhythm kind of thing. Yeah. We had what's called a clock and a reset chord coming out from my main sequencer that basically was the brains of what's going on for me, Um, and that plugged into the brains of what was going on for him. Got it. And so basically we took and, you know, made his follow mine. So if I turned mine off, his would turn off. If I sped mine
0: up, his would speed up. Hmm. And so then we'd be both in rhythm and in sync. So what was he independently controlling based on your inputs to him.
1: Yeah, so that clock basically allowed him to then take and sequence his own patterns from there for like when this, the notes would turn on and off and that kind of stuff. And then he was also sequencing things like what pitches and so forth and so on. Okay. So, yeah.
0: And then you were controlling
1: primarily drums, drums Basically, like yeah. Said, and right? Things
0: that approximate drums. And, and, and <laughs> Nick said you, he didn't know what you were going to throw at him. Right from your from your board.
1: Yeah, we'd only really played twice together before. <laughs> so yeah. you found
0: thirty people at this meetup, and it's yeah. like, hey, let's try this. Yeah. Okay. Hey, it fine. sounded great, and I've Thanks. got audio that I'm going um, <laughs> to um, upload in, into this episode. Um, okay, so that but you you were the only t- you know uh, duet, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I said, duet sounds so. Girly, or you know, like a <laughs> musical here. Um, okay. That was, and that seemed to be rare yeah, to but that. I too. mean, I, I would say
1: duet is probably appropriate. Here, okay. You know? I mean, it's a musical term.
0: So, right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Um, any lively stories about putting this stuff together? Cause again, I mean, we're, I mean, how many, how many different mm-hmm. boards are on your overall, um, here. I mean, goodness, I'm, I'm looking, I mean, I'm just counting <laughs> two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Oh, is that two? Is that 10? <laughs> Twelve, thirteen, 14, 15. I'm, I'm going to say double. I'm, I don't know. It's just shy of, twenty thirty. 20, 30. I going like to say Twenty five thirty. Yeah. And, and, and these items, I'll post a picture of this on our, on the Facebook um, site. I mean they've all got buttons and 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 knobs and you know labels that talk about you know oscillation mm-hmm. and attack and again I'm not a musician I don't do control boards and things like that looping delays and okay how many wires are Jumping at it. this this looks like a satellite view of Earth with, you know, a high speed motion of of, of, of light or you know, yeah. <laughs> following meteorites over <laughs> over the planet on an arc.
1: Yeah, I would say there are enough wires. <laughs> um, no, it's uh, um, yeah, I think if you're looking at this, it's maybe like a quarter to halfway covered with just wires, wandering all over. And if you look closely, you'll see some of them I've tied together yeah. with like. Some zip ties to to kind of make them so they're out of the way for when okay. they're playing
0: you were actually i noticed um, you and another performer bill, um, you guys had a little bit of a groove, you know bebop mm-hmm. when you were playing, and I, I, you, that stood out to me compared to the other guys that were playing tonight <laughs> um but I mean, so I mean you're you know it's almost like you're manning a board right you mm-hmm. know you know playing the dj yeah
1: yeah um in in sort of like musical terms, I kind of when I approach these kinds of things, um, today was a little different than normal because usually I'm playing the entire thing. But today, you know, it's kind of nice being able to just focus on just the percussion because there's a lot more that I can hands-on get to. Okay. But um, usually I'm setting things up so that... um, it's kind of like I'm the conductor for the orchestra. Got it. And so I'm not, you know, individually playing every single instrument in right. the orchestra because there's just no way you can do that. Yep, yep. <laughs> so it's more like I'm kind of nudging things in directions and I'm setting up, essentially, I mean, you could be fancy and call them algorithms, but they're like loops of logic that okay. are going on, and then I will do something that changes that over here, and another thing, that, you know, wave a hand over there, and okay. it kind of changes it over there, and it can, can kind of construct a
0: song throughout that. So give us maybe mm-hmm. four or five, um, I wrote down some terms that I heard tonight, and yeah, maybe oh, I can react. Excellent. So maybe you can define simply what some of the components that I heard other people talk about. So I heard mm-hmm. controller. Um, mm-hmm. Sequencers. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to let's start with this one. Raspberry Pi. Not saying you've got one in yours, yeah. but you walked me over to another guy's setup. Mm-hmm. So, Raspberry Pi. Yep. What is it, simply, and why was it in that guy's stack? Yeah.
1: So Raspberry Pi. If you're not familiar with it, it's basically like a, a, a computer. I mean, it really is a computer. Um, it's based off of some sort of flavor of Linux. Um, but the unique thing about it is, it's it's the size of an embedded. Kind of board, so it's like about an inch by three inches, I think. Okay. Um, and what what we have with those is there's a module that basically is like an interface for Raspberry Pi. And so what you can do is then you can have programs in the Pi itself. So you're you know you're writing things. Um, you're
0: writing programming code. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, and then that becomes kind of like a module within modular within modular. Mm-hmm. So you've got you know things going on inside it that are more complex than
0: <laughs> all yeah. to help yeah. influence. It's kind of
1: it's kind of like continuously zooming in on a fractal. You know,
0: got it. Got <laughs> it keeps it. going and going and going. Right. Physics here in a minute.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's an interesting way of going about things because you can do all manner of like synthesis and sampling so you're recording audio clips and munging those up and changing things or you're routing live audio through it um things like that um and what we've done as a collective is kind of designed some things that add on to that as well so what you saw was like a big screen which is basically like a i think a five inch lcd screen so you can actually see it and there's a touch screen so you can kind of
0: like whoa, to show like the bars going up and down. Sure. The audio, yeah, it, well, like, whatever yeah, you program. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> but yeah. All right. Yeah. Some sort of user interface there that you can actually manipulate with your fingers, um, and then next to that was another little module that basically was just sending serial data back to the hmm. Raspberry Pi um, to control parameters of you know, whatever you wrote, and it had a bunch of faders um, and a couple buttons and.
0: So, what stuff? kind of musician takes this route? Versus buying, you know, their own, you know, equalizer and you know preamp. I mean, this is mm-hmm. all from straight. I mean, this is as organic it seems like as what you could <laughs> possibly get. My perception about building it from bottom up yourselves, but from a musician's yeah. interest in terms of diversity or control of the mm-hmm. the final product, right? Which is you know, you know, techno sounding, you know, audio. What, what any any thoughts on that? You know, what what kind of what motivates this route as opposed to something that's kind of more packaged or mm-hmm. kind of still maybe the same functionality? So if there's there's
1: a lot to do with being able to just kind of keep reusing components and switch and swap them. Um, so that's one of the big reasons okay. why you come to this. That's modular. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So it literally is modular. <laughs> okay. Um, but, you know, as you saw today, there were quite a few people who had actual just standalone hardware pieces, yes. too. Yeah. So it's not like it's just one or the other. Right. You don't have to choose per se. You yep. can go. Bill had people. a
0: laptop, too. Yeah. That he was, what was he doing with his laptop with his set?
1: Yeah. So he was using a program called Ableton Live, which kind of fires off loops of samples that he pre made, probably with other gear that he had done. Okay. And so it's it's almost like. It's more than DJing, but... (laughs) Got it, but (laughs) it's it's a source.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. He's got audio
0: already. Yeah, and then
1: he was augmenting that with a bunch of other synthesis that was going on on the computer and on his little Euro rack on the side,
0: too. Yeah. Okay, all right. Mm -hmm. Um, Last kind of development type of question. How do you plan... Mm How do you plan? I want to just simply say, like, how do you plan a song? <laughs> I don't know if it's that's a fair question. Uh, yeah. Like, what's going in your head? Like, or are you just stumbling into stuff? And, you know, mm-hmm. oh, I like the sound of that. Like, I mean, what's, what's the creative process here? So I usually go
1: in a very iterative process. Um, and commonly it starts with sound design first. So that means basically starting with, like, one sound and sculpting and molding that. Um, and doing all the patching that it requires to do that and setting the knobs and that kind of stuff. Um, And then from there, the unique timbre of that sound will sort of guide me into, like, what it can do. It's like, you know, people. You know, we all have personalities. Yeah, yeah. And, you know strengths and weaknesses and so that sound will have those too got it and you know it'll it'll kind of without sounding weird but it it sounds it, it almost speaks to you and tells you what what it can do okay. you know and so from there you start bringing sounds that work together you know like people do yeah you know yeah. um so that they you know work together and that's kind of the hardest part really is getting it so that it all works together rather than like I've got one good sound here and another good sound there, another good <laughs> sound there, but together they just sound awful, you know. Right. So I mean I would say you you heard like twenty minutes of music there, but that's the result of like, you know, several hours okay. of bad music. Now let's say <laughs> in Before two hours
0: that. you and Nick mm-hmm. showed up again. What mm-hmm. you did say, you know, 45 minutes ago, mm-hmm. would you be able to replicate that? To No, because the, no? there is a randomness to what you're doing, or maybe that's not fair. But um, to some how de- repeatable is this? Yeah,
1: to some degree, probability is in play, but also there's just performance. Um, for example, with me, I was literally sequencing those drum rhythms on the fly, Okay, which is one of those things where I said, you know, that's not something I would normally do, at least to the degree, degree that I was doing... Today yeah um, because that's just too much Got <laughs> to it. do, but I, yeah, I was literally you know kind of keying in things as we were going along, okay if
0: yeah. you went on hypothetically on tour <laughs> oh boy <laughs> all right all right let's take this hobby to another yeah, level yeah, yeah now you're on tour mm-hmm. what are you doing to assure repeat performance, given the way you set this up um, actually, I
1: think I would purposefully not try to repeat okay. the performance because um you know, each venue and each crowd and each... Uh, and, and my feelings, you know, how I feel about the place that yep, I'm at yep. are going to be completely different. Okay, And so, to a certain extent, that kind of goes along with what you get here, huh. too. Um, there's there's a, a set framework that, you know, I've already patched in. So there's, like, guardrails, so it doesn't right. go off crazy, crazy. Right. But, you know, um, if I... Play the same thing. I mean, sometimes I'll practice stuff and it'll be like literally back to back to back to back. Got it. And each one is different. Different, but it it evolves into something.
0: Okay, but you might know you have these loops to draw Mm -hmm. from, and you're going to work those in somehow. And Mm -hmm. you know, there's okay, all right. And I'm not again; I am not a musician, but just (laughs) kind of seeing this, you know, pull together like this is pretty impressive. Um, Thanks. Where can people find out about Uh, the organization, and um, you've also got a couple of YouTube channels I heard. I know one you Mm -hmm. shared with me, but um, just for people curious to see and hear what this looks and sounds like. Yeah,
1: so if you could just go to northcoastmodularcollective.com there is a artist's page there that will get you to all the people that we're talking about now, and that'll get you to their either social media or if they have a YouTube channel there. Got it. Um, there's also a resources page there that's kind of got links off to kind of getting started stuff.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. And if you YouTube, Your Name Joe, B-A-U-E-R, um, Modular Jams, J-A- mm. or is it jam, Modular Jam. You've mm-hmm. got the episode. I, I see your name tagged with okay. but on YouTube yeah, yeah. it shows um, Modular Jam. You'll actually see, it's funny how you guys are playing tonight, but the the cameras are pointed, you know, it's very much focused on what the hands are doing on the knobs and wires and then you know, it's not about the person's face and body. It's it's watching the hands in motion, you know, you know, fly across this uh this board here from that. But uh, modular jam was something that I know you, you brought up to me. Okay, last question. I saw this guy with the T shirt. Yeah. And I overheard him say he's like, oh yeah, he was pretty excited and I had to turn. And it says Knob K N O B con. So I'm thinking Comic Con, and now mm-hmm. we've got Knob Con. What is that? Yeah, so that's
1: an event that happens in September in Chicago, and it's it's fairly big for North America um, in in this kind of like modular synthesizer world. Um, and yeah, it's it's Knob Convention. So you know, of course, it's silly because it's there's. Billions of knobs on this stuff, (laughs) so so there's that, Um, and it's where people just like a lot of vendors get together and um, Mm. show and demonstrate new things, and there are like workshops for how to build things, and you know just networking opportunities. But it's
0: to come up. It's we're Mm -hmm. we're talking about this genre of developing Mm -hmm. these types of assets,
1: yeah, or playing with them, yeah. And there's um, three or four major conventions that are in this. This area, okay. or in this field, I guess you could say, most of them are in Europe. I was going to
0: ask because yeah. I know you, the the mm-hmm. um, euro term was referenced. So I was going to so this isn't just a North American or a U.S. thing.
1: No, yeah, um, and funny enough, I don't really know where the term Euro rack came from, okay. but it, it was um, started by a guy named Dieter Dopfer out in Germany, okay. and. Uh, He basically turned out kind of the the specs on like you know what the power ratings should be, what the sizes of everything should be, Hmm. that kind of stuff, and um, basically open sourced that so you could then you know make your own and everything. So it it wasn't like his own synth proprietary synth kind of platform.
0: And I think that's what led to
1: a lot of the popularity of this right now. It's exploding. So how long has
0: it been going? Like from what you know. When did, when, um, when did Dieter, the, you know, kick this in?
1: Yeah, it was sometime in the late '90s, I think. Okay. I might be wrong. Mid or late '90s. Okay. Um, but it really didn't start going too far until kind of like the 2010s, 13, okay. somewhere around there. It started really kind of ex-
0: exponentially going off. Got it.
1: Wow. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, just you know, this is about high effort hobbies, and I'm gonna tell <laughs> you folks, uh, for the folks that. <laughs> I've been able to interview so far. This this takes the cake so far. So if, uh, we've talked to people in a symphony and, you know, even some friends that are homebrew and play guitar, but, um, wow, Joe. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Both in uh, shock and awe of hardware and digital, but also just the quality. And, and again, I'll, I'll, we'll uh, wind out the episode um, that folks will be able to hear what I was able to capture tonight as well. So, um, any other things that I, I haven't asked you that you want people who are curious about this to know? Anything mm. else that should motivate someone?
1: Yeah, good question. Um, I think, you know, if you if you just go and do a YouTube search on Eurorack, you will see tons and tons of stuff out there. Um, and that's kind of a catalyst for a lot of the, the community out there. as demos on all of this kind of stuff for people performing it. Okay. Um, it's between that and GitHub and... Yeah. Yes, there you go. There's <laughs> open the
0: source develop, yeah, development community. Yep. Yeah, with the software mm-hmm. community I'm with. I can, you know, we hear these all the time. about yeah. So I like seeing that DNA bleed over from the technologist mm-hmm. into kind of a creative art standpoint.
1: Yeah, and I would say um, this is, is a very open and um, friendly community. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes I've actually contacted other vendors... Um, and, you know, it's usually the, the proprietor who actually, like, responds right away and, hmm. you know, or you pick up the phone and you call somebody and they're right there and they'll take and, you know, talk with you for an hour okay. about something. About you know, their component that you can yeah, yeah, acquire. Yeah, right, yeah.
0: You buy most of this online? Um, or are there stores that you know a sell a lot of this. Bit,
1: yeah, there's actually there's a new place in I, Ipsy. I have to interrupt you. The, oh, yeah. Sorry,
0: folks, the toilet flushing in the background. <laughs> we're, we're in this library room, and we <laughs> thought we were safe in a library. There's a loud toilet in the background, so sorry, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um,
1: there's a there's a new store in Ipsy, Ipsalanti Michigan, Michigan. Um, called Tinker Tech that. Okay. That does um, components and also like classes, and um, they're a maker space. So Got it. Got you ahead. can go in; it's like a little lab that you can rent space in and, and okay. do stuff. And, and too. you're yeah. using their stuff that they let you. Sometimes, yeah, we're going in there. We partner up with them every once in a while too. Okay, yeah. All right,
0: very good. Mm-hmm. Love it, love it. Well, this was good. Um, Joe Bauer with uh, North Coast Modular Collective. like you said, you know, on the fringe of your time, being yeah. able to pull this off <laughs> and. Uh, much like I'm doing, chasing some really high-effort hobbies. So um, any other closing thoughts?
1: Oh, thanks for coming out. Yeah, yeah, no,
0: I'm glad you invited <laughs> me. This is fun. This is just a whole new category for me to see. So um, that's a wrap, and uh, you've been listening to Beyond My Day Job, and uh, after you hear my mouth shut up, uh, we'll close out with uh, some of the music that Joe and his peers were able to create. Have a good night, everyone.